0: The Sheila Zelinsky show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zelinsky. Hello everyone and welcome to the Sheila Zelensky Show for this Monday edition. Thank you very much for tuning into the broadcast today. At the end of the broadcast today, I'm gonna to give everyone an update on what is going on with my leg. I've been having a lot of problems of swelling under my knee and just pain and discomfort and so I did get an MRI done, and I now know what the problem is, so I will be getting into that at the end of the broadcast, but I want to get right to my guest, and I have wanted to have this incredible, amazing woman of God on for quite a long time. It is the wife of the renowned pastor, David Langford. As I say, the other half of the voice of evangelism, it is none other than his beautiful wife, Kim Langford. Kim, it is such a pleasure to welcome you to the program. Thank you for coming on. Oh, Miss Sheila,
1: it's a great honor and a blessing to be on your show. And hopefully we can edify the people of God and encourage them and strengthen them and talk about the mighty God we serve.
0: Amen to that. Well, we do serve a mighty God. And I'll tell you what is really interesting as I was watching this Jezebel march here because you can dress it up in pink, but it's nothing more than pure, well, Your husband said it best. It's just absolute acceleration of lawlessness. And there's really a line being drawn in the sand by the ungodly and the godly. There was women that had these big signs, resurrection of the goddess. And I thought, what an abomination to our living God. These people are just ungodly, unruly. They're lawless, abhorrent. And I saw Christian women posting that they were a part of this. You know, a lady said to me, well, I just give up. Look at our country. There is just no more hope. What is the point anymore? And I thought, this is not the time to be quitting. We've got to pray, and we've got to be diligent, especially looking around at the mess. There is a shaking going on, I believe.
1: Oh, yes. The world around us, we see it, is definitely shaking. And everything that is firm in in God and the solid rock, I believe, will break forth in the brightness of His glory and do great exploits. Uh, It's not a time to, to give up and to lose hope. It's a time to stand strong, not in your power or your might, but in the great faith that God wants us to have. In Hebrews 11 and 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If we see the end of our struggles that we go through, we can have a little more faith and say oh this is going to end this is going to turn out this way but god wants us to walk by faith and not by sight because it is the walking by faith that increases our depth in our god and savior the creator which said he's working a good and expected end for each of us miss sheila so we've got to keep our faith established in nothing that we see around us, but to close our minds and spiritually focus on the greatness and the overcoming power that God promised that we could have through Him. It's getting into the Word of God and studying that will keep you secure when you go through these valleys and these Impetuous times of life shaking around you and you feel like there's no way around or, or no hope. But it says in Hebrews 11:6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Amen. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So we must diligently seek him even when our world is crumbling around us. Because he is faithful, Miss Sheila. He is faithful.
0: Amen. He is faithful. And whatever God speaks happens because he is the never changing God. What he says goes. Jesus himself put it straight. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. With God, he keeps his promises. His word is his bond. Every promise, every prophecy, well, you can take it to the bank. And what does that essentially mean for us? Faith does not make things easy, but it makes things possible. God's perfect. He doesn't change. So what he says will be just as true a million years from now as it is today. You can count on God's promises and you can rest in him. What does 1 Corinthians 1.9 say? God is faithful. You can depend on him instead of depending on yourself. A lot of people put their faith in the arm of the flesh, don't they?
1: Oh, yes. Yeah have faith, you know, it it does seem so elementary. You hear it so often, have faith, but there's such depth to it. You must, must go through the hard times of life before your faith can be established and firm that you will not get shipwrecked when the next battle comes or the next wave that feels like it's going to overtake you it's scary when people say they lose hope or lose faith in in god because yes. everything around them seems so hopeless it's time for them to to get back in the word of god because romans ten seventeen says so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god it is a breathing living word that can grow deep into our uttermost parts of our our belly and spring forth the freshness of his power and his strength that's where it, it lies in being rooted and grounded in the word of god and established and with great faith in the mighty god sheila we serve a mighty god that does not change the same God that took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego through the fiery furnace, the same God that let Daniel sleep in the lion's den and laid his head on the lion's belly and probably thinking that the lion breathing maybe rocked into sleep, Sheila, <laughs> yeah. or the God that slew Goliath. I mean, Moses, when he stretched forth the rod over the Red Sea, and it parted. Amen. Aaron, when he stretched forth the rod over the Jordan River, it parted. And, you know, it says that we can do greater things as they of old.
0: Amen. What does it say there in John fourteen twelve? And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And you can't help but think about this. And you mentioned David and Goliath. And I think this really ties into faith, because... When David, you have to picture this little ruddy kid, he's got basically armor on that doesn't even fit. Then you gotta, you got to picture this 580-pound skilled agile warrior. The rest of the Israeli army is, is shuddering in their boots, and all of a sudden David says, Who is this clown? Who is this oh, yeah. jackal that's mocking my God, this uncircumcised Philistine? Who does this clown that is mocking my God think he is? It is right. so amazing to see that kind of faith. And I'm sure they're thinking, are you crazy?
1: But first, Goliath mocked him. He said, am I a dog? that, yeah. that you, know, you send this little puny little thing out to me. But he said, I don't come to you with a spear and a sword, But I come to you in the name of the Lord. Yes. This day you shall be fed to the birds. And he's going to be the one. Goliath will be the one down, not little David.
0: Your carcass is in trouble.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's the thing. In Matthew 7, 27, it says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock, And the very one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be like unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. You know, David put his rock and his foundation of great faith in the, the rock of ages, and he stood tall when his storm came at him as Goliath came at him with his big huge spear and sword you know (laughs) it was goliath that made his house on the foolish sand and he's the one that fell and great was the fall of him
0: i mean people are so busy they're they're flipping coins and popular opinion and majority consensus and the world is just you know this is not heads you win tails you lose here people this isn't a coin toss god has a plan for your life, and you have to have faith in that regardless what it looks like. There's so many people that are just getting tossed to and fro. They don't know what's going on. It's kind of like, well, I don't really know what God's doing, but that's not a picture of faith.
1: No. In Matthew 17:17 17, 17, it says, All faithless and perverse generation, their eyes are not set on the king of kings, and their heart is truly not worshiping the true and living God. They have their eyes on the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. And that is a faithless and a perverse people. Because Habakkuk 2.4 says that, And the just shall live by faith. So we have to have a pure heart and walk before Him. The Lord says He will preserve the faithful. But we have to have faith. And if you do not have faith, it's impossible to please Him.
0: That's right. And who is he talking about there? He's talking about those that diligently seek him. There's our part. We do our part. God does the part that we cannot. And I remember this, and I love the story that Carla tells is, you know, she was crying out to God, asking, him, why aren't you doing anything here? And God told her, wait, did I say to you that if you had faith, I would move your mountain? And she's like, no, I'm pretty sure it says I'm going (laughs) to The whole point is, if you have faith, you can say to the mountain, move. It says nothing will be impossible for you. Jesus was essentially saying that is the problem here. You don't have enough faith.
1: This is very true, Miss Sheila. The Bible's full of, of so many scriptures. He's given so many promises, and we fall ourselves so short because of our faith. But, you know, Sheila... Jesus even prayed for us. He said in Luke 22:32, He said, But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. Mm-hmm. And if Jesus prayed for us and He gives us His living, true Word of God, how shall we not want to hide it in our hearts and stand firm and secure? And yes, when the walls are up so high and things look so So impossible, you know? It doesn't negate the fact of the mighty God we serve. He's still there. It's just us that loses our faith and our hope in Him and our trust in in the outcome, what it may be. We fear. We have fear what may come. Fear is of Satan. It's not of God. Perfect love casteth out all fear. And, Sheila, I can talk to the people But if they truly do not find themselves in seeking God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and completely finding that one-on-one relationship with Christ in their life, then I could talk myself blue in the face and they will not grasp it. Because when you truly learn to love Jesus, Mm -hmm. then you're not going to want to hurt Him in your behavior, in your words, in your actions, in the acts that you do because you're going to want to keep yourself pure. Mm. The Bible says pure without a spot or wrinkle or blemish. And in our flesh, that is impossible. But when you purpose to love God with all of your heart, He will prick you when you falter. He will prick you when you displease Him. And you will hear and you will say, God, forgive me, be quick to repent because He's coming for a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And if we look at ourselves as part of the body of Christ, Him being so pure without any sin was upon Him, then how should we look at ourselves in wanting to present ourselves as part of the body of Christ?
0: Yes, amen. And we've got to be doers of the word and not hearers only. When we hear the word, but we don't do it, there's a defect in our hearing. We can listen to the word for mere entertainment, or we can attach a virtue to the mere act of listening to the word, but that's perverse and delusive. We are to listen with a view to obedience. Otherwise, what do we get? We get that same scenario in James eight: a double-minded man. But
1: when you get yourself rooted and grounded in god and, and your heart is presented to him in the proper way it's not like well, lord i just want to serve you just to get me through this hardship or god i'm facing a mountain get me through no as my husband says he wants to develop you and you're looking at it like oh, this is not easy well faith is not easy sometimes
0: <laughs> yeah faith
1: Faith is not easy to grasp hold of
0: sometimes. The God of the valley is still the same God of the mountain. And that is true that we're going to be walking through some valley times. But just because you might be going through something right now doesn't mean that you are going to get your eyes off of Jesus. And I love this part about what Peter, Peter is one of my favorites. I can relate to Peter always putting my foot in my mouth. But think about the greatest thing for one of the disciples to do was walk out there and meet his master he threw his legs over the boat he started walking you gotta love the part at least he gave it a try
1: miss sheila he walked on the word of god come come just like the two blind men that came to jesus and wanted their sight back jesus told him in matthew nine twenty nine, according to your faith be it unto you just like the woman that came and anointed jesus's feet with the ointment he said thy faith hath saved thee go in peace you know in uh, isaiah 43 2 when thou goest through the waters i will be with thee and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee when thou walkest through the fire Thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. O bless our God, ye people, and make the voice of his praise be heard, which holdeth our soul in life, and suffereth not our feet to be moved. Thou, O God, hast proved us, thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Thou broughtest us into the net, thou laidest affliction upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. This wealthy place, Sheila, is not really talking about material gain. That holds nothing to the wealthy place of great faith and being able to call upon this mighty, mighty God that sets our feet firm in Him. And we can do great exploits. Many souls can be won through just us having great faith and standing firm in Him. We could be great lights and examples to the lost and the wicked and be an encouragement to so many if they could just hear. The Bible says, Oh, taste
0: and see that the Lord is good. Amen. And you know what I love about the centurion? I love his faith that Jesus could just say the word and it was done. And Jesus himself was impressed by this. Wouldn't it be cool to make Jesus go, wow, at our faith, at our knowing our authority? He'd be pretty proud of us for using our authority too, as opposed to not using it. Because what did the centurion say to him? Hey, don't even trouble yourself. Just say the word and it's done. Hey, I'm a general. I just give a command and it's done. I don't question it. Boom. And Jesus said, wow, I have not seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. That's what we ought to be doing, is making Jesus jaw drop at our faith to know that no matter what is going on, God has got this. My God's got this, and I don't have to stress or worry or sweat the small stuff. Don't sweat the small stuff. And a lot of things are small stuff. When I was a kid, my sister, my very annoying little sister, would play an even more annoying song it was. It's a small world. And she would play it over and over and over. And I think just because she knew it just absolutely drove me nuts. So she'd play it over and over on this little <laughs> stupid little record player. And she would play this <laughs> annoying song. And then the Lord put this on my heart one time. I was driving in traffic. I was having road rage.
1: Oh, it happens to us all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, why are you driving with road rage? And so I, I just I pulled my car over and God dropped that song in my heart. And I said, I hate this song with a passion, Lord. (laughs) And he said, Sheila, every time somebody does something, I want you to say, it's a small thing. I want you to remember that every little thing that is happening throughout your day, if you come up and look at it where I'm at way up here, I see everything to the end. And this is a pretty small thing in the cog of the big wheel of your life. Don't get hung up on a page of the book of your life here. And it was a big revelation for me, Kim.
1: Oh yes, Miss Sheila. You may you may be walking up and seeing that man's face the next hour in line somewhere <laughs> and your face is imprinted upon his memory.
0: <laughs> I've actually oh, had that happen mercy. in a church lineup actually. One of the guys that I had a little road rage to was actually in that line. Yikes. If you want to talk about embarrassing just,
1: Oh, I'm sure. You know, Sheila, Matthew 17, 20, 21 says, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, and shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you, how be it this kind goeth not but by prayer and fasting. You know, I think that many times a lot of this carnality and, and the doubt and the fear and the issues of life that, I mean, we are but flesh and bones, and that's the only realm that we know how to live in on this earth in our carnal flesh except the greater realm beyond our human flesh is God. And I guess We need to try to stay more focused on the bigger picture that Satan is is fighting against our soul, and if he can get our mind and our thoughts under subjection to him in doubt and fear, then we will succumb to his wills and and his uh, desires, and that's where we have to have the faith to overcome because the devil's come down unto you having great wrath because he knows that he hath but a short time. But Jesus said he prayed for us that our faith will fail not. And I think a lot does come through prayer and fasting to gain great strength and uh, power from the Lord. It's not in our sacrificing our flesh, but it's showing the Lord that we want him to be over us, yes. in us, every member of our body to be completely lined up with his word and his desire and his will, surrender completely, he says, I'm the true vine and my father is the husband and every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away and every branch that beareth fruit he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. And when we go through our hardships, Miss Sheila, and we go through these doubting spells of loss, of hope, of no hope, we've got to try to go back and, and be as Peter in 1 Peter 4, 12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Now, Sheila, when we're going through these problems, we're not just wanting to kick up our heels and say, yee <laughs> this is awesome, God, I'm suffering for you, Lord, you know, this, this is great. No, we don't see that. Mm-mm.
0: No, because you know what? We're not going to say yeehaw because the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the the spirit is contrary to the flesh. That's what I love about fasting. And this is really great. You mentioned it because fasting on a regular basis, Jesus said when you fast, he didn't say if you're thinking about it, if you're going to get around to it. No, he said when you fast, not if you fast. So it seems pretty logical to conclude that Jesus expected his followers to incorporate fasting into their lives. And I'm not talking about fasting Facebook. No, food, folks, food.
1: Moreover, when you fast, that's what I think the Bible says. I mean, if Jesus fasted, how much more should we? Jesus was without sin. Oh, my. Are we? The Bible says, no, not one is righteous. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But if Christ Jesus had to fast, that within itself should say, oh, my, I am really failing the Lord if I'm not fasting.
0: Wow, that is really profound, because as you said, boy, if Jesus is fasting, how much more should we?
1: That's true. First uh, Peter 4 verse 1 through 12 says for as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh everything that Christ suffered from the fasting and its hard from the fasting to the beatings to the humiliations to the spitting upon oh I could go on and on in that it says for as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. Mm. Now that is a strong verse right there.
0: (laughs) Well, and it's one that we should pay attention to. Uh, I guess it comes back to the armor. As you are putting on the armor, you are able to stand against the machinations and the wiles of the enemy, who, as you alluded to earlier, said his modus operandis is to kill, steal, and destroy. That isn't some little cutesy thing. I think we just hear that so much. It's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. The devil's trying to kill us and destroy us and whatever. He's, he's roaring around like a lion. He's trying to take as many as he can to a devil's hell. I think people, there's a disconnect there, Kim.
1: There he is. There is truly a disconnect. People are they rely too much on their self self is is a terrible thing to rely on
0: it is kingdom of self. I was thinking the other day I was in a grocery lineup, and this kid was buying a selfie stick. I said, "What is that thing?" and he goes, "Oh, it's a selfie stick, so I can put it on my phone and stretch my arm and take pictures of myself and I thought, dear God, what a narcissistic self centered <laughs> culture we have
1: that is." what it's all about. It's really, truly become a perverse generation and faithless. That's why they're so weak. They do not put their trust and faith in the mighty God. They do not truly take the word of God. Oh, they say, oh, I know this. Their words say that, but their actions and their heart is far from God.
0: Yeah, that reminds me of Isaiah twenty nine thirteen. With their lips, they do honor me, but they've removed their heart far from me. And what does Matthew fifteen eight say? That's a good one too. The people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. That is such a good point that you made. Well, in the waning moments, Kim, what would be your message to the people listening that are going through really discouraging and tough times, trials, they're looking around at this world going, dear Lord, look at this debauchery. Is there really any hope here?
1: Well, Ms. Sheila, first of all, I would would tell them that, yes, we are in this world, but we're not of this world. We see these things, but our eyes should be focused more clearly and sharply and distinctly upon the true and living God. And, yes, our faith can be weak at times on this journey that we travel, but we must be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. The trials that we go through, the hardships that we face, we've got to say and believe that God will keep us through all of this. Whatever we see, whatever we have to, to go through, or what is lying ahead of us, the Bible says, First Peter 1, 5-7, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation to be ready, to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, Sheila, every man's work is going to be tried. And if you have built your faith upon what you see or material gain or your house or your lands or your money, all of it's temporal. There's no U-Haul trailer going behind you in a hearse, none. It's what you do to acquire spiritual gain and wisdom and instruction from the Lord To build your treasures up in heaven where moth nor dust corrupts, but you will be tried. You will be tried. The finding pot is for silver but the furnace is for gold. But the Lord tryeth the hearts. Your heart has got to be laid open before God. No matter how strong you are in your faith, you must always come before Him daily in a childlike trust. A child can't Provide their next meal, or their clothes, or their shoes, or things that they need. A child cannot do that, but they trust their adults to do that. The childlike trust in our heavenly Father that He sees everything and knows all things, and nothing is hid from Him. And Sheila, I'm gonna close with this: Psalms 139, verse 17 and 18. How precious also are Thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are in more number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. If we can always picture ourselves, Sheila, in the midst of the storms, trials, depression, the junk going around in our lives, stand firm in his word that he knows exactly what you're going through before you even come before Him, or kneel and knee before Him, or speak a word before Him. He is a God that can move mountains through us if we can boldly come to the throne of God, and it's going to take a lot of faith to become unshakable in this shakable world that we're living in.
0: Well, there's your title of your show, Unshakable Faith Well Said. Amen. And if you think about it, smooth seas never made a skilled sailor
1: oh no it's it's got to take a lot of storms and sheila we will be fighting this old flesh till our feet strike down on glory land but i want to be is it like paul says i've finished the course i've kept the faith henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the lord god shall give to me not to me only but unto all them that love is appearing and i want to stay pure without a spot or wrinkle or blemish upon my garment in the sight of God and my faith to be deeply established in my mighty God that done great exploits and I want him to be revealed through this earthen clay in the days ahead.
0: Well said. Kim give out your information on how people can get in touch with you.
1: Well you can always go to contact us at the voice of evangelism com
0: excellent thank you so much for that and kim it would be such an honor if you would pray for us thank you so much
1: dear heavenly father what an honor what a great blessing it is that we can come before you and call upon your mighty name that even the demons tremble when your name is spoken lord we can come boldly before your throne for your word says it And where two or three agree together, Lord, it shall be done. Lord, you searcheth all the hearts. You know, God, the needs. Genuinely, Lord, if they are for themselves, God, you know what the pretense is. But if their heart is to long into a deeper relationship with you, and their heart is pure before you, God, bend your ear to them, Lord, and hear their cries. Lord, I pray that you will touch and save the households, their children, Lord. Heal their lands, God. Minister, Lord, to their bodies, O God. Let your healing virtue, Lord, that when the stripes were placed upon your back, God, that we can have our healing and miracles, O oh God. Lord, I know that you're coming. Lord, and I pray that you will help us to rise strong in the army of God, that we will not be cowards in this journey, but, God, we will go forth in the boldness and the power of your might and strength. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Keep our eyes focused keenly and distinctly upon you and our ears upon you that we can hear your ever desire and request that you have laid before us in jesus name touch your people may we walk forth in a new walk in a greater depth of faith in you lord and give us great strength to go through our valleys and trials and even rejoice lord at our trials because our faith is being tried to grow and root deeper in you. In Jesus' name, I ask these things. Amen.
0: Amen. What a powerful prayer. Thank you so much for your time and coming on the program, Kim, and I look forward to having you back soon. Thank you, Miss Sheila. Folks, that was Kim Langford, wife of Pastor David Langford, the voice of evangelism. Do you know what? If you can believe this, That was Kim's very first time doing a broadcast, doing a teaching or a talk. So I would love for you to reach out to Kim and let her know you heard her very first time sharing on air. That's really hard to do. You know, it's easy for some of us that have been on the air a while, but boy, oh boy, what an uplifting message, especially for someone's first time. That is amazing. I am very proud of her. What an encouraging and uplifting message and what a wonderful prayer. And I can tell you this: I've met David and Kim Langford, and they are sweethearts. They are the real deal, boy, and they love the Lord. Praise God for those two! Again, you can go to the contact page there at thevoiceofevangelism.com. dot com. Let Kim know that you heard her on the show today. I think she'd really appreciate that. Well. I know a lot of people have been asking me for an update on what is going on with your legs, Sheila. Well, I had an MRI done just a few days ago. They MRI'd my knee. What is an MRI, you ask? Well, apparently it's a magnetic resonance imaging. It's a technique used in radiology and it forms pictures of what's going on. Boy, that's quite the machine to go in for an hour. It was not my idea of a good time because I don't like close spaces, so... But anyway, I got the results back on Friday, and they told me I have a very bad grade three tear in my meniscus, which is causing a lot of swelling. It's causing a tremendous amount of pain and discomfort. And they tell me that it requires surgery. So I'm on a surgery list. I'm going to be kind of taking it easy. They would prefer, honestly, for me to just be completely immobile. Well, bedridden, that's not my idea of a good time. So I'm just going to take the show slow. I'm not going to really be on any kind of a daily schedule the next bit. I'm just going to do shows when I can because I really can't sit for long periods of time. I have to have this leg elevated. And anybody that's had a meniscus tear, that lateral meniscus, a really deep tear in that whole it's a really bad tear, I guess. Well, for those of you that ever had one, you know I'm not telling you nothing knew that it is absolutely very hard to ever really be comfortable because if your knee is not swelling and hurting and throbbing and spasming, well, you can't walk. So it's really frustrating for me, I can assure you. Again, I'm just now on a waiting list for surgery. When that'll happen, who knows? So I really am asking people to pray for me. I am going to get a second opinion. I mean, surgery really is the last resort, but they're saying, Mechanically, there's just no way that'll ever go back together. But you know what? The Lord can do some pretty amazing things. Hey, if the Lord healed a blind man, he can heal my leg. I'm still believing the Lord can heal this thing. I'm just having faith. But mobile, it's been a real challenge for me. Again, it just gets really sore. I can't sit for a long period of time. So I'm just going to do the best I can in the weeks coming leading up to the surgery, if that's in fact the route I end up taking. So I really would appreciate your prayers, and I thank you so much for tuning into this broadcast today, and don't forget, and if you have not listened to part one and two of the series, the two-part series that I did with Pastor John Terrell, it is called Israel, the Kabbalah, and the Antichrist. We are having a and a on that this week. John Terrell is going to join us for that question and answer. We actually have lots of questions coming in, so I'm very anxious to do that show and Chuck Baldwin is coming on this week as well. He did a series on Israel. It has been a while since I had Pastor Chuck Baldwin, so I'm looking forward to that. And very soon, I'm going to have Pastor David Langford on the show with his new book. I'll give you a little spoiler alert stunning revelation. And that book will be out any day, so we're anxiously awaiting that. I thank you very much for tuning into the broadcast today. Good night and God bless.